It is my spiritual gift to prevent catastrophes. It is also my spiritual gift to create catastrophes. And God grant me the wisdom to know the difference. Um, We have been talking about the power of Christ among us. And it's wrapped up in that word from the Greek, we get the word dynamic. And we think of dynamic as maybe somebody being impressive or uh, sharp. Seems like um, when I was really, really in the, uh, in the market looking for a preaching job, people always said, we want a dynamic preacher. I never understood what that meant, and, uh, which is probably obvious to some of you over the last 15 years. But dynamic tends to be an adjective that we apply to people that says, oh, yeah, there's something kind of exciting and kind of, you know, it's like dynamite, you know. And, but the word has to do with ability and potential. You'll often see it translated in English as power. And it's potential power. It's the ability to do something. And Jesus represents that power and it impresses those who hear his teaching and see his works because they look at the power of demons and they think there's no way that the power of supernatural evil or impure spirits can be defeated. We just have to keep ourselves far away from it and Jesus demonstrates an ability to overcome those evil powers. And we see diseases like leprosy, diseases um, uh, like fevers that will kill or paralysis. And and these diseases can hinder someone's life or it can make them an outcast to the community. And we might think, well, people have to learn to live with that or we have to get through it. But Jesus shows this ability to actually overcome that, that representation of death in that disease. And I think if we pay attention, we'll see that these stories are recorded by Luke to tell us that that same power can be at work among us. It's not a power that we command. It's not a power that we control. But it is a power that will work through us as God chooses and as He wills. And we don't have to be afraid of that. We often get nervous because we think that if we know the magic words or we know the secret formula or we have done all of our study that somehow we can manipulate the power of Jesus to do what we want and nothing of the sort is ever said in Scripture. In um, Luke chapter 6, when Jesus calls His twelve apostles, we find... Luke's version of what we call in Matthew the Sermon on the Mount. But in Luke, it takes place in a field. He's come down from the mountain, and he's teaching in a field. Um, just as an aside, I want to I set this out there, because if that, if that makes anybody nervous, or maybe you're talking to somebody and they're saying, now which was it? Did he preach on the mountain, or, or did he preach on the, the plain? Just say, yes. Um, 
I want to tell you a secret. Preachers sometimes recycle sermons, okay? And I think Jesus would have too, because he had a message that he wanted more and more people to hear. Also, Matthew gives us that sermon in a, in a rich, full form. It's like Matthew just turns on, the, uh, turns on the video camera or the tape recorder and just, there we go. Uh, we, we're going to get all the words out there. We're just going to transcribe it. But for Luke, it's like he's showing highlights of what was taught and what was preached. Either way, we've been given a word from our Lord, from the one we call Lord, and we would do well to hear it. Um, Luke wants us to know, too, that uh, in verse 17, let's read, He went down with them, the disciples. He stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. The people tried to touch him because power, that's the word, that's the word dynamic. In Greek, it's dunamis, power was coming from him and healing them all. When Luke says that there were disciples, we expect that. Those are the ones who follow. But then when he says there's also other people who are maybe just checking it out or they've heard about it, or maybe it's just people in need, people with needs. And and they haven't even had a chance to think about discipleship, but they know I've got to go to this one called Jesus because the power to heal or the power to overcome this unclean, impure spirit, it's there. And it's not just people from Judea and Jerusalem, which is where we expect to see the people of Israel, the children of Abraham. But it's people from that coastal region up there in Tyre and Sidon. Well, what does that mean? That means those are probably some people who are not descendants of Abraham. People who may have uh, some, uh, some Phoenician or maybe even some Philistine lineage in their heritage, okay? I mean, it, it, to, to put it in, uh, you know, in our language, we might say, hey, you know, uh, there was teaching going on in Fort Smith and, you know, people from Arkansas and Oklahoma here, but we even had people from Texas show up. I mean, Texas! Texans. So when Luke is throwing this statement in there, he's saying, people you didn't expect to be there were there. Because they know that there is power. And there's power there because of Jesus and who he is. And then Jesus begins his teaching. And looking at his disciples, he said... Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, and when they insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. 
Because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. And some of this may sound familiar to you, especially if you've heard the Beatitudes. Every Monday night in Celebrate Recovery, we, we read these Beatitudes because the principles, the eight principles in Celebrate Recovery are, are, are uh, based on those Beatitudes. But it seems like in Luke, we're missing four Beatitudes, aren't we? Is this the Beatitude light economy set? I mean, what do, what do we have here? Not only that, I, I stopped because after the blessings, we get four woes and uh i don't know how to explain a woe to you if you're well what what is a woe well if a blessing is a beatitude then a woe is a not a beatitude okay that's that's the only way i know how to put it that there is a flip side to this jesus says he says rejoice he says woe to you who are rich now, that, that might alarm some of us. In a world economy, it will probably alarm all of us. Woe to you who are rich. Wait a second. You know, I, I'm kind of just making it month by month, paycheck by paycheck, Jesus. Okay, but you've already received your comfort. Okay. Woe to you who are well-fed now. Now, that makes me really nervous. Uh I've eaten too much, and, and isn't a day isn't even over. Uh, woe to you who are well-fed now, for you will go hungry. And woe to you who laugh now. I like to laugh. Why does he got to say that? For you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Well, I like it when people speak well of me. It's just easier. Because when people speak against you, you've got to go settle it. You've got to go work it out. You've got to, you know, I mean, you don't want to leave that the way that it is. Well, what's he saying here? What's going on? Well, if you notice the four blessings and the four woes, uh, they're, they, they balance each other. They're, they're opposite ends of a spectrum. The poor, the rich, the hungry, the well-fed, the weeping, the laughing, the people who are hated, insulted, excluded, and the people who are spoken well of. But here's, here's part of your interpretive key. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, and reject your name as evil. How is that a blessing? I can't see how that's a blessing. We work hard to make sure that people aren't excluded in our society. We work hard to make sure that people aren't hateful. The only people that we bully in our society anymore are bullies. And I don't know what to do about that because I'm not for bullying and I think bullying ought to go away. But then I see people bullying bullies and it throws me into an ethical confusion. I don't know what to do. It's, it's not good to be hated like that. and I don't understand how it's a blessing. And what if your name is evil? 
Does this just mean that everyone who, um, who's ever been despised ought to consider themselves blessed? I mean, what if they've earned it? Notice what he says. Blessed are you when, etc., 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 hate, exclude, despise, reject, because of the Son of Man. Jesus is saying, because you're a disciple, or you may be a disciple, it may put you at odds with the culture of this world. It may put you at odds with the values of this world. That instead of you being able to fill your life with the frivolous pursuit of entertainment, there may be times that you've actually got to cry because you see the pain and suffering in the world, or you've experienced it, or members of your family have experienced it. You know, sometimes when we get too comfortable, we've got to remember the fact that we've got brothers and sisters throughout the world who are suffering because of their devotion to our Lord. And it's not easy for them. And I don't think that means that we should go into a state of depression. I think that it means that we should have a heart for them. And we can't fix it. And we don't want to fix it. But we want to trust in God who makes all things right. And Jesus says that because that power, that ability to make all of this different, to change all of this, to turn this world upside down, because that power is real, then the values that we depend on, like being rich, well-fed, happy, and popular, he says those things aren't going to last forever. And that right now you may have them, but you're going to be disappointed one day because they don't have the power to keep you rich, well-fed, happy, and popular. But blessed are you even if you're poor and hungry and insulted and condemned and even if you are sad right now because that's not the way it's always going to be because of the kingdom of heaven and the power of Jesus Christ. We've got our archway up here. Hey, um, bring the lights down so you can see the full brilliance of the archway. This is, this is so exciting to see it glowing like that. Look at that. Night to shine. Last year, um, a group, Robert Cavillo, a group from uh, QualServe, they, they built this for us. And, and this, this little archway, we left it up here, just kind of an idea to give all of us a taste of what happened last year and this year. This represents the, the work of people who, who donate their time, who give their time, who bring their talents to this. And all of those talents mix together, uh, for not only for a good purpose, but for something that I think represents the, a taste of the kingdom of heaven. And so there's, there's words on there like hope and, and dream and love. Because all of that is embodied in this. After the second year, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you still go to that website, you're going to see all the media and all the attention that's been given to this and the photos that so many of our talented people have taken. Uh, you can see the archway here at the red carpet. 
where the, the kings and queens would come off the limo and they would, they, would, they would come down the red carpet and some of you were out there cheering and excited. Now here's the thing, it might look like so much theater, like, oh yeah, we're supposed to do this. But if you've been out there, you know what happens. You get caught up in it. You get excited, right? You get excited because you're like, there's, there's real joy going on here. There's something, there's something in the air. Hmm. I got the, uh, the, the pleasure, really, this year of working with um, people in the media. That was my job this year. I, uh, I, I, I was the leader of the barbershop shine last year, and my last act was to fire myself because there were so many people better at that than me, and, and I was happy to go out. But uh, I, another spiritual gift is I'm not afraid to talk, so, uh, which is good considering my line of work. And, and I, I said, well, I want to go and talk to these people. And I loved meeting the people from the different media outlets. And I'm going to tell you what I saw. I saw them getting excited about this. Now, we had uh, Dave and Pam from 98.7 last year. They were here. And I told them they're the, they're the Neil Armstrong of Night to Shine Media in Fort Smith. They were the first. They were the first ones to land. And I could see that enthusiasm come back from them. We had Jerry Austin from 93.1. He was here. We had Tracy Winchell with her Reboots podcast here. We had Haley Huey from KNWA. We had Crystal Sherrill and her crew from uh, KFSM Channel 5. We had Joshua Cole and his, um, his photographer, David. They were here on Friday morning, way early, and they were here on Thursday. And all of these media uh, people who were recording all of this and, and putting their stories together, you had a sense of how excited they were because they're storytellers. One of them, Haley, she said, you know, I tell a lot of news that, honestly, I don't want to tell. It's just sad stuff. But this is happy. And when I was talking to Dave with 98.7, they were talking to me. We were on the air at the event, and he said, he said, uh, you know, so what is it right now? And I said, oh, I said, there's an electricity in the air. You can feel it. And he said, could it be the Holy Spirit? I said, I do believe it is. Because that spirit is captivating. I mean, if you can get spirit at a ball game, if you can get spirit in a, uh, you know, in a, in a cheerleading squad, in a, in a group or whatever, then surely the Holy Spirit can bring people together. And then amazing things start to happen. There's one of these stories I want to tell you about uh, right here. Is Alexandra here? Is she here this morning? Okay, that's one of our college students, Alexandra, in the, uh, in the red dress. And that's her, her, she's the buddy to the queen in that picture in the blue dress. Now, when they come down, uh, Cade and Rachel started it off. They were announcing them, and then we thought there was a break. I gave them a little bit of relief. I got to enjoy that, too, uh, to announce them. But that girl in the blue dress said, I don't want to be announced. I don't want to be announced. And everybody said, no, she doesn't want to be announced. I said, is that right? You don't want to be announced? She said, no, I don't want to be announced unless you announce my buddy, too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That is an awe moment. And Alexandra was just amazed by that. The one who we were making special and making her royalty, she, she said, I'm going to extend that, that blessing to others. Blessed are you 
when the world may say you're disabled. Blessed are you when the world may say uh, you're handicapped. Blessed are you when the world may say um, even meaner things than that that I don't want to say right now. Because in the kingdom of heaven, you get to be the royal authority that shares that love and that blessing with the rest of us who may get the accolades of the world, but those are nothing compared to the values of the kingdom. And that's why we call this. And here, here you oh, I, I've got to share another one with you, okay? Um, excuse me just for a second when I get my phone right over here. I was supposed to have that with me. You'll see Ted as a buddy for a man named David Shapiro. And David and I had been emailing before this event, and we finally met each other at the event. And I just need to share a few words from his email afterwards um, about what he said. And you need to hear this. He writes me and he says, um, I enjoyed meeting and talking with you last night, and I would have loved to have talked with you longer. I had a blast last night. And I was so pleased and surprised. The sheer large number of both disabled people, their caregivers, and their families who were there. Thank you and your big-hearted church for reaching out to disabled people like us. I wanted to share with you what's on my heart and my dream and vision for this wonderful community. I love Fort Smith because this community is so friendly and accepting to people who are different and also have disabilities. I'm happy to be living here. And David Shapiro goes on to talk about a vision that he has, like he's done in other communities he's lived in, to work among those that the world sometimes overlooks, and to live in the upside-down kingdom where you see our people serving. And our people aren't just serving our people, they're serving other people. And in that service, we're becoming more and more like our Savior, Jesus. We're becoming more and more powerful with His power the ability to do, and how many of you have I seen over the last week and over the last year, you, you thought, you know, can I do this? Can we really do this? Can we pull this off? And the answer is yes, but not because of who we are, but because of a power that works within us and through us and around us. And if some people don't understand that, then it's a great thing to be insulted and reviled for the name of the Son of Man. I'm willing. I'm willing. And I'm willing to uh, share that with anybody who wants to participate in uh, you know, the joy that you see in this picture, the joy of the kingdom of heaven. Um, we don't have to manufacture it. We don't have to set it up. You don't have to somehow uh, get it going. It's just there. It's a power that draws people in. We had uh, families that showed up for the second year. And they showed up for the second year saying not only how much they look forward to this event, but they're saying we need to be there. We want to be there because this makes such a difference to us. And people have asked me, are you glad that it's over? You know, I mean, it's exciting, but are you glad that it's over, that you get a break? Well, guess what? It's not over. And no, I'm not glad it's over and, uh, because it's not over. Because now this is what's happening. I'm telling you what happened that night. 
I'm telling you where we saw the Holy Spirit, where we saw Jesus at work. And I'm not just saying this about Night to Shine. There's so many other good things that will happen this year that have happened in the past. There may even be what we would call small things happening in your world. There may be things happening in the lives of people you know. And what we've got to learn to do is be storytellers. That's what it means to be a witness of where we've seen God active in the world around us. That's what Luke's doing. He's saying, oh, people showed up. Why? Because of the healing, of the, of the newness, of the overcoming the, the pestering spirits. And Luke will continue this in his book that we call Acts, talking about the upside-down kingdom. The four blessings and the four woes tell us That there's two ways of looking at the world. You can find your security in riches and find your security in food. Oh, and I got to tell you, watch out, people. This is is so subtle how this will happen. I'm watching one of these uh, TV preacher types. Oh, I'll name him. He can be mad at me, and I'll have a talk with him. His name's Jim Baker up in Branson. And, you know, and he's sitting there, and he's telling me that because of politics, then everything's going to be better in this world and all that. But then he's telling me he had a dream that everything's going to be bad. So what you need to do, because Jesus told him this, is send him $2,500 to get all these buckets of food. Because you're going to be secure if you're well-fed. That's a That's just false it's just wrong i won't say anymore because then i'll create a catastrophe but i'm just saying to us watch out because even sometimes when it seems to be a a christian thing people are really living by the values of this world and i don't want to attack somebody else as much as i want to say that ought to be a humbling caution to us that we might say oh jesus is my lord you bet jesus has the power And I'm going to trust in Jesus right after all of my investments mature and right after I make sure I've got enough food and right after I make sure that I've got what keeps me happy and when I make sure that everyone thinks well of me. I mean, because I wouldn't want anybody to think bad of me and we wouldn't want anybody to think bad of the church. I mean, but yeah, Jesus is Lord. You see, in the upside-down kingdom, we learn that the values of the world are different than the values of the kingdom of heaven but we have to ask ourselves which ones really matter to us because it's easy to say lord oh lord yes lord jesus and not do what he says i'm not trying to make you feel bad i am just trying to say let's all and i'm including myself in this let's make sure that we know where the real blessings come from And let's live with a power that this world can't understand. One of the amazing things about being a disciple of Jesus is, Jesus says, Come follow me. And we've already seen some of these stories in Luke. He says, Come follow me. And I'm going to have you call other people to follow me. You're going to be fishers of men. Uh... But along the way, you may need to give up some of the things that are important to you. You may need to leave everything behind. And so there's a wealthy tax collector named Levi who leaves behind all the 
the work that he's put into making money for himself. And there's some fishermen who've been working, and they leave behind that work and just trust in Jesus. And people are leaving behind the success of the world and the securities of the world. Things that I'm sure everybody were saying, they're crazy. They're a little touched in the head. You know, I mean, following Jesus is good, but you have to go that far. Well, here's the thing. In doing so, they become incredibly happy. Because they have an amazing purpose. And they're tied into a power that the world just can't understand. If you were at night to shine, you just saw a little bit of that. And there's probably some other good things going on that we'll talk about in the weeks and the months ahead. That'll be about the same. Jesus says that when you come and follow him, you die. Now that doesn't sound all that exciting. Uh, Come follow me and die. In fact, at at times, Peter will kind of pull him aside and say, listen, I don't know that that word plays well in certain markets, Jesus. I wouldn't tell him that. He says, you don't understand what you're talking about, Peter. You're thinking what the world's thinking. We die to self because self wants the riches and self wants to be well fed and self wants whatever it takes to make self happy. And self wants everybody to like self. But when self goes away, when we are buried in the water, buried with Christ, and we're raised up just like that power of God raised Jesus from the dead, And by the way, if everything's based on that power, there's nothing impossible. When that power is at work among us, giving us new life, then whatever our situation is, we learn to be content and we learn to be happy and trusting. I want to invite, no, I'm not inviting you. Christ is inviting you to that kind of dynamic life. And... uh, if it's your desire to talk about that more, we want to do that. If you need prayers, if it's, your, if it's uh, your desire to be baptized into the Christ for the forgiveness of sins, then you need to let us know today. We're going to stand, we're going to sing this song, and there's going to be shepherds here and in room 100. Just let somebody know today, but let's sing and encourage one another right now.